everyone, Stephanie here from The Realty Deal. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast about what to do after an offer has been accepted. Now, I'll speak to both buyers and sellers here because usually when you sell your home, you have to buy one. So it's good to know what to do on both sides. Um, this podcast was, in start, was inspired by Canadian Real Estate Wealth. They just came out with an article um, and it kind of made me think I do take this, the buying process for granted sometimes just knowing what to do automatically because I've been doing it for so long so I just want to share with you guys what you can and should be doing as buyers just to spell it out so you don't miss anything because the home buying process can be long and complicated and between all the paperwork home viewings and bidding wars I know it can be stressful for buyers and sellers so There's nothing better than when you get to the end of the process and the offer is accepted. Um, But the work isn't done yet once you have an accepted offer um, because closing date is usually like a couple months away and there are things to do between that. So the offer is basically like the acceptance of an offer is the only beginning of the process uh, between the buyer and seller. So, um, you know, a deal can still fail before closing date. so uh, there are delays that can happen before closings. It could be the result of an actions from the buyer or the seller. So this is what you guys got to take care of before you can officially close on your deal. So the first thing you should do is uh, speak with your lawyer. There's a lot of complex legal matters that only the real estate lawyer can handle. Um, like for example, they do help with the closing and to do that, they're going to complete a title search um, and like apply for title insurance and then facilitate the title transfer itself from the seller's name to your name. They also help buyers work with their lenders to finalize the mortgage terms. So if you haven't bought a house before, this could be pretty helpful just to know what you to, to expect basically before you receive your financing. And um, when you do like right before closing date, typically a week within closing, you are going to sit down with a lawyer and they're going to go through all of the mortgage documents with you. So they're also going to um, help with the purchase agreement if it is conditional your offer then perhaps they're gonna look at that before you firm up on your conditions um but we're talking about an accepted offer here so let's pretend that you don't have any conditions (laughs) on your offer because in bidding wars and multiple offer situations that seems what we are seeing a lot of these days is a firm offer so firm meaning no conditions that means that the buyer doesn't have a chance to do due diligence um the house is basically theirs if the offer is accepted um that being said there are situations that we do see conditions and offers um for example on a condo if you need a status certificate review by the lawyer um that's one example of course financing and home and a home inspection are two ideal clauses to put in your offer but again we're not seeing that in this hot sellers market right now so the lawyer is going to handle as i mentioned the transfer of titles the transfer of funds and then also registering the sale and the mortgage with whatever your financial or government entity is and you're gonna have to pay for the lawyer so be sure to budget like at least a thousand bucks to cover the legal fees Um, They are going to make up a large portion of your closing costs. And then there are disbursements and other adjustments that you're going to pay to your lawyer. And it depends on your purchase price. So um, if you want to know what to budget before you buy a house, I would find a real estate lawyer, tell them your ideal purchase price, tell them if you are selling a house as well, and they can probably give you a ballpark about what to expect. 
So the buyer and the seller are each going to work with their own lawyer for this process. Um, each of them has to be properly re represented and there's various requirements that each lawyer is going to handle and I would recommend getting a specific real estate lawyer, not like an injury law or family law lawyer. I would say get a real estate lawyer who closes deals all the time because the lawyer is one of the most important and helpful people when it comes to the home sale. So. You want to work with them as much as possible to avoid delays and that even starts before you make an offer on a house again if you want to know your budget so <clears throat> moving on let's say you have an accepted offer um within 24 hours of acceptance of the agreement your deposit is due so the deposit is you're going to know this before making an offer what the deposit amount is it's usually minimum ten thousand dollars but it totally depends on the purchase price it could be up to like five percent i've even seen of the property and this deposit is done to show that the buyer is serious about the offer that they have the funds and it protects the seller from a deal that fails as well so in case between the offer getting accepted and closing date the buyer can't get financing or something you're gonna lose your deposit um, so f as the buyer it is important that you get the deposit in by the agreed-upon date and that's within 24 hours and absolutely make sure that the amount is correct um, because if you don't get a deposit within 24 hours it's technically a dead deal and you need to revive it so um, make sure that you have your deposit in hand before you make an offer and what i mean by that is have money in the bank don't have to borrow it from somebody or um, transfer it from an investment account like i have this conversation with my buyers before we make an offer to make sure that hey if you need twenty five thousand dollars if you're buying a six hundred thousand dollar house then have that money in a checking account ready to make a bank draft or wire transfer out to because the seller isn't going to be happy when you say oh um uh, my bank isn't able to cut you a bank draft or it's in an investment account I have to wait a week so that doesn't fly have the money in your bank account ready to go if you're ready to make an offer and as a seller it is important that you receive the deposit and have it in hand before going too far in the process because the seller keeps the deposit which would have usually gone towards the buyer's down payment now there are um, like adjustments to that deposit for example if the deal falls through the realtors sometimes still get paid so you can have that conversation with your lawyer and uh, the deposit just for your information is kept in the listing brokerages trust account so um, the listing brokerage is gonna hang on to that deposit until closing date where they transfer it to the lawyer and then the lawyer does all the transfer of funds so Let's say that your offer is accepted and it is conditional because as I mentioned earlier, there could be various conditions that are required to take care of before closing and common condition is a uh, home inspection and I hope and pray that you guys could get a home inspection condition. Um, the home inspectors are hired by the buyer in order to ensure that the house is in the same condition as it was listed. It identifies any issues with the house before you purchase and if there is an issue that comes up in the inspection process, it can affect the deal. Um, and the buyer can request a discount on the home price to cover these repairs that might be necessary or we can request the seller undertakes the repairs themselves between the closing date if it's a massive deal then um, like if it's a massive problem then the home inspection could be grounds for canceling the deal entirely if those major issues are identified and the buyer doesn't feel comfortable moving forward um, as a seller now may be the time <laughs> to undertake the repairs that um, 
that you know that are wrong with your property, like before you even list it. Um, now, if you are in the conditional period, the buyer does the inspection, they say do these repairs before closing date, you got to make sure they're done in advance of the closing date to avoid any potential legal issues. Don't wait till the last week to fix your house for the buyer because they are going to do a final walkthrough before closing date. And if they're not done, then they probably will hold back funds, um, given that the lawyers and everybody agrees on it. So home inspection is an amazing condition for the buyers because you can negotiate, um, but just because you try to negotiate, it doesn't mean the seller is going to agree to it. And also it usually is only for things that are hidden that you couldn't really see or was disclosed on the initial walkthrough. So like if you visit the house and you see that it needs a new roof, then I mean, you saw that when you did your initial showing, so don't pretend that you're oblivious to that once you do the inspection. You're paying for the inspection, right? Like you're probably paying five, like around 500 bucks for it. So you're gonna want to make sure that you know everything um, about the house before firming up. And if you are doing a pre-offer home inspection, which I'll touch on super quick, pre-offer home inspection is let's say that the listing strategy of the seller is to hold back offers so they list it for let's say five days before looking at offers within those five days you can as the buyer have the opportunity to take a home inspector through you pay for it on your own dime sometimes these could be cheaper than a full-blown home inspection if you don't want like a written report and photos and a really thorough like binder of what's up with the house um, basically you can whiz through with the inspector take an hour pay them hopefully less like under 300 bucks and um, they can just let you know any red flags with it. So that's an option too, but that is not a condition. That I have done before for clients and clients have said, you know what, we did an inspection, a pre-offer home inspection, found asbestos in the attic, we don't wanna deal with it, we're not making an offer. So sure the buyers paid, you know, 300 bucks, 200 bucks to do that uh, pre-offer home inspection, but they probably save themselves tens of thousands of dollars by not even giving an offer in the first place. And the poor buyer who bought that doesn't even know it because they didn't do a home inspection. So that's kind of a quick <laughs> um, explanation of what's going on with the home inspections. Hopefully it's a condition, but if it's not a condition, then you do have other options. So <clears throat> the next thing I want to talk to you about is the home appraisal. Now, this is not always a condition. Um, I see home appraisals done even a couple of weeks before closing date. So even if you give the sellers a firm offer with no conditions, you can still order a home appraisal and it's conducted on behalf of the buyer's lender. Um, usually you end up paying for it, but sometimes you can negotiate with your mortgage broker to pay for it. And the appraisal ensures that the home is being sold at a fair market value. So it protects the lender and the buyer from overpaying for the house. Um, like if it is a condition that is, if it's not a condition, then uh, the appraisal is what it is and you're going to have to come up with the excess funds. For example, this is a risk of going in with no conditions is that let's say there's a house listed for a million bucks and you say, okay, here's $1.2 million um, because you're in multiple offers. There's a lot of people bidding on it. You have to waive your conditions and increase the purchase price to get the house. And then you do a home appraisal and the bank is like, actually, we don't think this is worth $1.2 million. Uh, we're only gonna give you a million bucks. You as the buyer, because it wasn't a condition, need to come up with 200 grand. So, um, and that works for any of the numbers. Um, so if there is a difference between your purchase price and the appraisal amount, then you are gonna need cash in hand to pay 
that money. So just keep that in mind. Um, if you are thinking about going like way over the purchase price, you need some comparable sold listings to back that up. Like you need a realtor to tell you if you're overpaying or not, because it could totally screw you. Um, even though the market is hot, I, I don't really see this happening. Like it's definitely a risk that I tell my buyers, but I've never had it happen to any of my clients. Um, and I hope that it wouldn't happen to anybody because it is a risk, but it is a reality. So keep in mind that the home appraisal is great to have conditional for, you know, five business days, but A, usually never happens that way. The lender usually goes through sometime between like before closing date. And, uh, um, what else was I going to say? Um, yeah, anyways, Home appraisal, it sometimes is just like a drive-by. Like sometimes the appraisers don't even have to go into the house because they see the MLS listing photos and they see the information about the property. But um, a lot of the times they do, so they're have to gonna they're gonna have to organize like the lender's appraiser is gonna have to call the listing brokerage's office to ask the seller if they can go through at X time and date. So the buyer is kind of detached from this process because they're not the ones ordering the showing but they might have to pay for it. Again, the mortgage lender usually pays for it, um, but sometimes the buyer pays for it. And if you've ever done a refinance, you've probably paid for a home appraisal yourself. So home appraisals, um, usually nothing to worry about if you have an awesome home appraiser, but most of the time you don't know who your appraiser is. I have a wicked appraiser that I can basically like send them the MLS listing and say, hey, would you give us this money or do you see any red flags? So it's amazing to work with a lender, aka your mortgage broker, who works very closely with a home appraiser because they are going to give you that extra layer of safety or just like peace of mind to make a solid offer that you feel comfortable with, okay? So next thing to do is to, um, if you haven't already, so you have an accepted offer, which means that you have a closing date. Um, the closing date is going to be agreed upon by both parties, both, both the buyer and the seller. And it is the day when the ownership of the home trades hands. So on or before the day of closing, the lawyer and you are going to meet together and you're going to sign the final paperwork and you're going to get your keys unless they're left in a lockbox and sign any other necessary documents. So, um, the closing date is definitely, it's, it's your deadline, right? It's the deadline to have the rest of your deposit or sorry, the rest of your down payment in your bank account. So you can transfer it to your lawyer. The closing date is when you're going to need the closing funds, because remember you're paying your lawyer, you're paying, um, different fees, especially if you're selling your house, you're paying commissions. There's like a lot of adjustments. So closing date is a very important date, but before you get to the closing date, um, there's a few things you can do. So um, if you are a buyer who's previously renting, you should inform your landlord as soon as possible that you're going to be moving out. Um, it could be required in your lease agreement, or it may just be a matter of courtesy to inform your landlord. Um, typically, you've already paid your last month's rent, so you don't need to worry about that. But how can I explain this? Usually you need to give your landlord 60 days notice um, to, to have the end of your lease. So as I mentioned, they already have your last month's rent. So there's going to be another month in between that, that you're going to have to pay them unless you just give them 30 days and you're out. And that's usually okay on a month to month lease. But if you're signing a, like a one-year lease or longer, then you usually have to get them 60 days notice. And you just want to remember that that's going to be 60 days before the first of the month. 
So for example, today's January 13th, if I gave my landlord notice today, then it would be basically valid as of February 1st. So February, March, I'll have my lease and I would be good to go by the by April 1st. Um, I hope that makes sense. So <clears throat> even if you're mid-month, it doesn't, the 60 days is not a countdown from that day. It's the countdown from the first of the next month. So keep that in mind. Ask me if you have any questions. I might have not explained that properly, but I hope it did. So the other thing that <clears throat> you should plan before moving is packing. Um, <clears throat> I speak from experience. I may have left this to the last minute and it is a major hassle. And when I've been talking to clients who move June 1st, um, like in the summer, it seems like that's a super busy closing date. So you're going to want to coordinate your movers or even your friends and family um, very far in advance because these popular first of the months usually get booked up by movers. You're going to like as soon as you know your closing date, talk to um, a mover and see and, and book them really. Because as I mentioned, if you're buying in the spring market, your closing date is probably 60 days out, which is going to bring you to like June 1st, July 1st, or even the mid month. So definitely coordinate with them. And then start packing, make sure everything is packed and ready to go on moving date. If you are a seller, then you might have already packed before listing your property, which I love. You are my favorite sellers if you've already packed up all the stuff that you don't use on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> so it is especially important as a seller because they no longer legally own the property after closing. So they have to have everything out before that date, unless, of course, they've made arrangements with the buyer. And that's a whole other podcast <laughs> um, to talk about after closing, still living there. But um, yeah, if you're the seller, hopefully you've packed up before listing. And if I were a seller, I would, uh, I don't really want to get into the whole bridge financing thing, but FYI, if you are a seller and you bought a house, you want to line up those closing dates so they are as close together as possible unless you need to do renovations. So really quickly, for example, if you're selling your house, so let's say you bought a house, your closing date is June 1st and you now listed your house um, for sale you and let's say that your new house needs renovations and you're not going to be able to move in there until July 1st you're only going to want to give up your keys to your house July 1st right so you're going to need a month of bridge financing so time is of the essence of real estate and that is my job to make sure that you understand the timelines and make sure that they line up for you because a same date closing to buy and sell is kind of a nightmare and a lot of the time sellers want or buyers want to renovate their house a little bit or at least paint it or clean it before moving in and so you might want an overlap of like a couple days or a couple weeks depending on um, your renovations so again I can go into more depth with that on a podcast they probably have in previous ones if you want to scroll down <clears throat> now the um, a couple other things to do before closing date um, pay your realtor because the real estate agents are usually paid by the seller and before you even list the house you're gonna know you're gonna agree on commission um, so as a seller you negotiate the commission for the listing agent which is the seller's agent and the buyer's agent um, before you even list the house so you're gonna know <clears throat> X amount of dollars you're gonna owe right so typically this is like five percent or a bit less maybe let's say four to five percent of the home's purchase price <clears throat> and that's divided between the buyer's and seller's agent as well as the broker's so please do not forget that when you're selling a house it is subject to HST this is something that's overlooked by a lot of sellers or their agents just don't tell them that yeah, we agreed on 4% commission plus HST. And if you're, if you have a million dollar home, like that's a lot of money. So please don't forget the HST. 
I don't want you to be surprised. It's a pain in the butt because we pay HST a million times on the exact same item, like literally resale. <laughs> like, don't even get me into the HST whole deal, but it's a thing. Don't forget about it. It is going to be a line item on your closing state of adjustments. So, um, <clears throat> a few final things that you should make sure in order before or soon after you buy it. Um, and by that, I mean, you have a accepted offer before closing date. Uh, insurance. You're going to, as the buyer, you need home insurance. You will not be able to close on your house without home insurance. Your lawyer will require proof of home insurance before you get the keys. So you can't get away with it. Okay. Um, the home insurance policy needs to be effective the day of closing, unless the seller has agreed to give you the keys earlier for some reason. Um, but whenever you get the keys, you need home insurance and definitely before closing date. And this is going to make sure that the new house is fully protected and it is the law to have it on closing date. So talk to your home insurance company. You are going to have some questions for your realtor if you're the buyer. Um, because usually home insurance companies want to know, you know, the age of the furnace and the electrical system. If there's any like high tech plumbing or aluminum wiring or sketchy things like knob and tube wiring, stuff like that. So you're probably going to reach out to your realtor after you talk to your home insurance company with all the questions that your home insurance company has. So the next thing is, um, to update your mailing address. And it's kind of annoying as a realtor to be the liaison between, um, after you leave your house um, there's still mail coming for you. So please, I beg you to update your mailing address. Make sure it's up to date with banks, government, anybody who's sending you important mail. It honestly saves you the hassle of tracking down lost mail. It saves whoever lives in your old house, a crowded mailbox. And as I mentioned, selfishly, it saves your realtor from talk, going back and forth and saying, can you pick up your mail today? So update your mailing address. You can do it simply through Canada Post. Um, <clears throat> get her done. The other thing is you want to activate your utilities. So if you're moving to a different city, you are, it's not going to be as simple as just, um, transferring your account. You're going to have to activate an account and just set up an account with a relevant municipal provider. Um, so you can begin making payments. So there might be setup fees involved if you're moving to a different city, or you might actually be required to pay the seller for prepaid utility costs. And you will know that with your lawyer, again, when you sit down to sign your closing documents, it will be on the statement of adjustments. Um, I see this a lot with property taxes. The sellers have prepaid their property taxes. And so you owe them for like the rest of the year kind of thing. Now, if you are like renting and aren't familiar with utilities, it's usually hydro, a lot of it, and which is electricity, by the way. Um, hydro, electricity, and water are a lot of the time on the same bill. If you're Burlington Hydro or Electra, which is in Hamilton, so, um, hydro, water, and then gas is another utility. If you have a gas furnace, um, if you're moving rural, then you might have a drilled well, so you don't have a water bill. Um, I mean, here at my cottage, I'm here right now. I only have a hydro bill. Um, unfortunately there's electric baseboard heating, which I'm going to change to a heat pump, which I'm very excited about. <clears throat> um, but anyways, <clears throat> your utilities, you're going to want to set up before you move in, um, because you don't want to move in and not have the lights on. <laughs> so gas, hydro, and water are the main ones. And uh, you might have like a propane tank if you're living rural that you want to, um, that you might have to, again, pay the seller um, and they'll measure all that stuff. So it depends where you're moving, but don't forget about your utilities. Don't forget to update your mailing address. Um, of course, get home insurance before you close because you cannot close without getting home insurance. 
Um, and also I'm just going to review, start packing once you have (laughs) a house to move into, definitely inform your landlord ASAP. Um, also you're going to want to, um, talk about the home appraisal, uh, ask your lender if you're paying for it and how they have access. Um, if you get a home inspection, uh, you're going to deal with that. And before you start the process, make sure that your deposit is in your bank account and then you speak with a real estate lawyer. So that might seem overwhelming, but please do not be overwhelmed. It is, you have help, right? I am your help. I am your lifeline through this entire process. And before you know it, you're going to be moving into your new home and you're going to be so happy to get the new keys. That is absolutely the best part. Let me tell you, after having an accepted offer and waiting for closing date, it is like the most painful time. It's like that waiting is like, oh, I just want to get into my new house. Um, really quick before I let you guys go, I do want to, um, just talk about supply issues really quick right now because, um, supply for furniture is it's dire right now. So if you do buy a new house and you need to furnish it, um, when you're doing a walkthrough on the property, you're going to want to measure everything because, everything is on back order, right? You're going to, it's going to take a long time to like get a couch or a bed or, I mean, things are just keep getting delayed and you probably have experience with this in some way or another with the global supply chain issues. So I just want to let you know that if you do want to furnish your new house, you're going to want to order that stuff before you move in. So don't wait to measure the house. Um, you're a realtor, me, (laughs) We'll ask the seller for a couple walkthroughs before closing date and we can use those walkthroughs to make sure that like everything works and you're buying the house that you purchased Um, but also to measure like take measurements of anything that you need because something as simple as like new windows or even window coverings could take months to get so just something to keep in mind um, when you are shopping. So guys I hope that was insightful um, on what to do after an offer has been accepted. And I know that it seems like a lengthy process. It is, um, but it, it all comes natural to me and it will to you once you've done it a couple times. So if you have absolutely any questions about the home buying or selling process, I'm so happy to help. So thank you so much for thinking of me when you think of real estate. And I really hope that I will be the lucky one to help you move. So again, reach out to me if you have any questions about moving, stephanie at therealtydeal.com. Thank you guys and happy house hunting.